Welcome to the Balanced Being Podcast with Guni Sodi. Your life made simple. Today I have a very special friend, father figure. You know, he he's just been such a special person. I mean, we go back when my wife was doing her residency in Florida, they helped us immensely, but moreover, he's an extension of the family. His name is Dr. Kirti Kalidas. He is a doctor that practices in Florida, Orlando, Florida. And it's a very interesting story of how he knows my father and why I wanted to bring him on was he actually started his his career in in the in the traditional path over here but then really incorporated much more of the integrative approach. He was hungry to truly give his patients find the root cause rather than addressing just the symptoms. So with much further ado, welcome to the podcast Dr. Kalidas. It's a pleasure to have you and just really just interested to kind of you know, learn more about the background story that maybe I was too young to know earlier. Well, thank you, Guni. And as I said, it's a distinct honor and privilege. I feel, you know, indebted to your dad in a way because he was one of the people that guided me when I was looking for a path uh, towards finding solutions for patients. You know, I was somewhat disillusioned with being in the medical practice for 11 years. You know, my main goal in coming to America from South Africa, where I did my medical school training, was to further my career where I could be a truly true physician towards wellness, healing. Because of the political turmoil in South Africa, I left South Africa back in the early 80s, completed my residency in D.C. as an internist, and then practiced for 11 years as a board-certified internist. But towards the end, I was getting very disillusioned. You know, patients were being sent to multiple specialists. They got lots of diagnosis, lots of what I call itises and ologists around. Unfortunately, their solutions were not there in terms of healing or supporting the patients. It was more a drug reaction or drug support protocol. And it, after a while, that didn't resonate with me. Searching for it, I learned about naturopathy. And during the interview process, I found your dad's name in the phone book, and that's how I reached out to him. <laughs> and this was back in 1998 when I came for an interview wow. in Seattle at the Bastyr University. I took also an interview with the NCNM, and um, that changed my life. I mean, to me, that was a pivotal point, and I feel strongly that your dad was instrumental in guiding me, supporting me. I mean, I had the choice of either going for weekend courses and learning about it from anti-aging groups and all that, but I, I chose to go back to school for two years. So I got my additional doctorate degree in Portland. Uh, they gave me a two-year uh, degree option versus Seattle was three years, so I opted to go there. But obviously, that's when our friendship uh, blossomed and matured and his guidance helped me. So I feel truly indebted. Because at the end of the two years, I spent an additional six weeks up in Seattle, and I stayed with the family to uh, shadow with uh, the cancer treatment centers, shadowed with your dad, and also with some of the leading physicians in the Seattle area in terms of hormones as well as the detox arena. So I feel blessed to have taken the additional training with them as well. And then over the last 20 years, I focused more towards the chronic illnesses, hormones, cancer, chronic fatigue, all the challenging diagnoses that I've uh, practiced with in the last 20 years, yeah. I feel it feel truly indebted that he was part of the journey for me and you've all been part of the journey for me as well. Thank you. No, thank you so much for that. And and yeah, I I, I remember, you know, much we were much younger, but remember seeing you and, and how keen you were to absorb the knowledge and truly help out your, your patient. If you don't mind me getting into what about the system, maybe back when you were in, in South Africa, you were saying 
what about that system or even here really kind of got you frustrated and look for a more of a more of a patient based solution rather than what you were seeing now what was that trigger internally that you were saying something's off yeah well i think back in south africa you know we were dealing with illness of poverty and illness of uh, uh, different classes you know, where we saw malnutrition and measles and TB, you know, affecting the majority population of the blacks. And then the, we were not even allowed to see, uh, quote unquote, Caucasian patients back in those days because I'm of Indian uh, descent. But we saw disparities in the healthcare system. And that's one of the reasons I left. Here we saw a disparity in the healthcare system from a different angle. Here there was over, over abuse, over utilization but poor uh, focus on nutrition or wellness. So the disease was more a disease of poor choices and the disease of, you know, whether it was genetically induced or further aggravated by poor diet and lifestyle choices. So that's what I saw in an eight, nine, 10, 11 years of practice. And that's what disillusioned me about the healthcare arena in America because it was more towards a chronic diagnosis like chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, chronic illnesses where we don't have an obvious cause or related to poor choices, whether it was poor, you know, smoking or dietary choices or weight. You know, that, that's what I saw day in and day out. And that frustrated me. From the knowledge that I've gained from my, you know, my father and even you basing the foundation on Ayurveda, it's that you need to address the individual as, as an individual and, and fully understand what that individual's been through from a, from a, even a mental, emotional, physical, and all aspects of even soul, you know, aspect of it. So I think you're absolutely right. And kind of what, what has been termed the band-aid cure, you know, just kind of put the band-aid on it. Just don't go below the iceberg where there could be a bunch of stuff down there that needs to be addressed. So this is where I kind of want to lead the conversation is you have a very unique way of how you look at the individual and your goal and mission is to have them fulfill a healthy, happy lifestyle. So can you talk about kind of some of the things that, that you look for and what makes what makes kind of what you do a little different and unique in that retrospect? Yeah, so I do have a kind of functional approach and the label I put on it is called the web or the web of dysfunction. So when you start looking at it from a purely medical side, then uh, the way I start structuring it is you start looking at the genetics first because the genetics can play a role in some some of the rare conditions, but also the genetics can help us in terms of detoxification or for instance your methylation pathways you know how you're reacting how your hormones are uh, balanced out how you're breaking those hormones down for instance things like methylation pathways will affect how your hormones are broken down or it will even affect your moods or your risk for heart disease mm. so we start over there and then things like comp comp the ways that you are processing your brain chemistry so even uh, tests that are you know generally available online that you can actually plug that information and look at your methylation and detox pathways as a starting point. There's also other other tests that we offer in our office called KPU. The KPU stands for cryptopyrrolurea. So you try and figure out on the genetic side. So if come, someone comes to me with a chronic illness and they've been through say ten or twelve doctors and they don't know where to start, then that's my, my starting point. And then we start looking also at the basic lifestyle choices. You know, what's their sleep patterns? What's their their diet like? What uh, the intake of the regular fast foods or your gluten or your dairy or the load? 
what's their risk factors in terms of toxins, whether they've been in a moldy home, how many fillings they've had in their mouth, what's the immunization schedule like, you know, for young women, for instance, uh, the HPV shot or immunizations regarding a toddler regarding mercury exposure from immunizations through to older folks who might have lead exposure because they lived in old, older buildings. And then as especially men and women, but even more, they're going to leach out the lead from their bones. So all of these have to be factored into some of the chronic issues that you're looking at. Now, going back to that web, we also have to look at it from the immune system standpoint. So under the immune system, we start looking at, okay, has there been any chronic viral infection, whether it's a viral uh, Epstein-Barr virus? Is there any possibility of chronic Lyme? Is there possibility of stealth infections, such as mycoplasma C pneumonia? The mold is also a big trigger factor, especially in Florida. One in four homes have mold issues. And I don't, I'm not too sure about Northwest, but I'm sure with your damn climate out there, you're going to have the same issues regarding moldy homes contributing to it. And so what, I, what I've learned over the years is that a lot of practitioners sometimes narrow in on one area, but they don't look at it as an overall picture. So we need to look at all those in the beginning and don't get caught up in one arena alone, like mold alone or Lyme or Epstein-Barr or chronic candida in the GI system or food allergies. These are all a consequence of an imbalance going on in the system. Or it could be part of a treatment that was provided. You know, patients land up with chronic sinusitis, they get multiple antibiotics, then the gut get affected, the candida is an issue. You could have leaky gut, you could have small bowel bacterial imbalance. These are all the things that then add up to the patient's illness. So then you can't sort out what is the consequence of treatment or what, or what the underlying problem is. And so on that level, we start looking at, you know, hidden food allergies. We'll start looking for small bowel bacterial issues or problems with digestion in terms of, uh, of the ability to digest the food. So that's the paradigm that I follow. The toxic piece we generally come to last. Also, the hormonal piece has to be addressed. And as I mentioned earlier, we look at the detox pathways. You know, under the detox pathways, you look at it from the genetic side, but also a simple test that you can do is an ultrasound to check for fatty liver. And if you have a fatty liver, your, your, your pathways are further impacted. So you can order an ultrasound to document that or look at the basic liver test. So that's the overall picture that I take with my chronic illness. But obviously, it has to be individualized. You have to look at all the risk factors. And also, the most important in any, any patient is the history. And unfortunately, in a general medical side, we don't spend enough time because we are more symptom-based. We don't look at it an overall eagle's view in terms of the overall balance based on the history. That was uh, something that I learned back in my early days in South Africa. And they always said, history provides 90% of your diagnosis. The labs are there to confirm your suspicion. And it's the keen sense of a listening physician with a keen uh, passion and a passion for listening from the heart and listening with a a true open mind rather than being, you know, okay, dismissive about simple clues. You know, you'll be, you'll pick up the simple clues might give you the answer you're looking for. So it's the keen sense, the experience, and the, the ability to put it together in a given time frame. Patients sometimes will come in with a set of symptoms based on what they've learned on the internet or based on a Google search. But understand, don't get caught up with one arena alone. That's what I tell my chronic patients. Don't get stuck right. with diagnosis. You know, look deeper. Because if you have a complexity, think of it as a load. 
you know, and uh, I like to quote one of the physicians who practices in a Lyme arena, you know, uh, Dr. Horowitz, this is what he mentioned in his lecture. He said, if you have 13 or 14 nails in your foot, when are you going to feel better and when are you going to walk normally? <laughs> you, know, you have to just about pull out each one of them. You might Correct. have one of the remaining, you might work on eight or nine of them, but if there are four or five, still the patient is in pain or is still going to have symptoms and you're not going to walk normally. So you have to work on the gut level, you have to work on the hormonal level, you have to work on the lifestyle level, you have to work on the water intake. But some way the patients get traumatized because when they go to multiple physicians, they are told it's all in their head, which mm. could it might be the mercury fillings in a way, but they might be right, some physician, but they want to address it. Or it could be something that they are suffering, you know, going through that because they've been told or they've been dismissed too many times in other doctor's offices. How often do you see that, Dr. Kalidas, is that your patients come in and they've just been extremely frustrated and sometimes maybe you are their last hope? Do you, are, you, are you seeing that a lot or, or is it, can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. I think what has happened is that on the traditional medical side, because of time constraints and insurance uh, and all that, and that's where we spend the extra time. You know, I'll, I'll spend anywhere, anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour with a new patient. Uh, Dr. Amar, our son in our office, will spend an hour and a half with our patient because yeah. that to me is crucial. Right. That's what I call the golden hour, hour and a half to get a decent history and a timeline of events that might have set the patient back. Because that is absolutely crucial towards uh, diagnosing a chronic illness. Or and, and, I, yeah. and I guess that's where you really, like what you were saying earlier, that's where you really take the time to listen from the heart, right? You're saying that some of those subtle clues may tell you a lot. That's what's so interesting about what you, uh, you know, Dr. Amr, my, my father do, is that you guys actually take the time to understand. And the history, this is something that fascinates me. When you mention the history, are you looking at the patient's like more mental, emotional toll, or is it everything? Because I also think, and, and you can please talk to me about it, is how much of a factor do you believe that the unresolved mental, emotional aspects play into overall health? Well, it, it plays a, a huge role. However, it, has, can, it can be mixed in with some of the chronic load also in terms of environmental exposures, infections. Uh, gut health in issues. So, and, and understand also gut health will also translate into emotional issues because we know that the gut brain connection is so critical. So, if you don't know where to start, look at your gut brain connection, you know, because that's one place where I start. If I, if it's very complex, then I would say, okay, when was the last time you did a cleanse or a, a mm -hmm. juice cleanse or a water fast or, you know, these are the things we have to start with. Because your gut health will always promote good mental health as well. If you have an imbalance there, it can translate to good health. And that's part of the basis of Ayurveda as well. You know, if you don't, Correct. If you don't have good elimination or good choices in terms of your foods and you feel miserable all the time, you need to start looking at food as a choice, uh, a cause of your obvious illness. So, you know, it's either the lack of or too much of one thing or a sensitivity to another. And depending on which... Uh, line of thinking or which paradigm you come from, it's either an imbalance issue or a sensitivity that's resulting in part of your illness. The, the one thing that mental emotionally is obviously both the personal challenges and I, I label that as what I call a Dr. Phil story. You know, they might have lose, lost a job or lost a loved one or they've been through 10 different doctors and they've been hospitalized five times. People start losing hope by the time they come into a doctor's office who are dealing with a chronic illness. 
So they are also losing hope because they've been told many a times they can't find anything wrong with them. Or they've run the traditional medical tests, which not necessarily look for this, the subtleties that we are talking about today. You know, everything from the, from the gut imbalance through to candida, through to toxins, or all the lists that we mentioned. And I label that as a biotoxin illness. So the biotoxin illness will look at everything from this mold, Lyme, viruses, atypical infections such as mycoplasma, pneumonia, other toxin exposures, you know, what's the history regarding Botox or, or breast implants or, you know, all of these are, you know, we've, we're surrounded and we sometimes incur those without realizing what we're putting in our bodies. My dad always says this too. He goes, your body's your own best pharmacy. You know, your, your body already knows as long as, as long as like you're, what you're saying especially from a nutrition point of view. And I think I've always, every time I've spent time with you, Dr. Kalidas, and even, you know, uh, had, had, had the you know, pleasure of always having gone, gone and eaten at your house and everything, you guys really do stress about kind of the nutritionist value of, of food and, and where it originates, how it's cooked, how it's prepped. So I think that's what you're really talking about here is how much of the mind-gut connection there is and, and the importance of that. Absolutely. And I, uh, you know, I do emphasize, you know, the question is, how clean is our water? How safe is our food? And where are we sourcing it from? You know, those are the questions before we, you know, obviously we have to think where was preparing our meals and, you know, thank the Lord for all the food placed in front of us. But also we have to be looking at that food in terms of both energetics in terms of was preparing it and the sourcing of it. Because how clean is it in terms of its toxic load, whether there's a potential for glyphosates or hormones or antibiotics that is coming along with the food we're eating. No, I'm not saying you have to walk around with a paranoid look with all the food out there, but we have to be conscious about it. <laughs> we really did cover really well on kind of the mental, emotional, how you view people. And it's, 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 it's amazing how many different aspects you're looking at and I, I have a much more better knowledge of, of kind of how you guys treat the patients and quite honestly an admiration because it's, it really is a wonderful job to look at the patient from so many individual things and you do treat many chronic uh, illnesses over there so it's it's truly amazing currently uh, Dr. Kalidas as you've you know we are in this as many have termed it unprecedented times and I agree with that what would you hone in on as the best piece of advice for the people that are listening, the people that are at home? What are some good habits or some things that we can begin to do at home to already begin strengthening our immune systems? Or also, how do we control that stress that's always being enforced through the messaging, through media and even text messages? It's very important to start. First of all, I tell patients is you don't have to watch the news 24-7. You know, I mean, uh, you yeah, sure get some updates regarding your own community, but right, don't right. don't feed the negativity or to the point where it's going to be a constant stress for you. So your mind body status, your mind, you know, in in terms of balance and how you and what you are uh, exposing yourself to is just as important because, you know, we've never been through this where we are confined and not you know in social isolation itself can play a dramatic role in terms of our own immune system. Because, you know, we are creatures of comfort and care and touch and feel. And when you start depriving someone, you're going to then affect their sleep patterns. And, and he said, mm. if you affect your sleep, 
and if you're going to affect their ability to communicate or touch or not feel, you are depriving them of their basic needs. You know, when you think about a, a newborn, and if you, if you tell, okay, we're not going to touch the newborn, let the newborn cry. It's, you know, we are innately, you know, people of comfort, and comfort is through touch and feel and communicating. So we, that's already been deprived to us. You know, and then we are deprived in, you know, choosing, and then we are get, get fed on all this stuff from the TV and the media and all the di different, you know, perspectives which are sometimes very bleakly painted by the news media. Correct. Obviously, we have to be guarded, but at the same time, not to the point where we become paranoid. So, and it can add to the anxiety and stress. And then, obviously, all the uh, circumstances will add to the financial burden because of, you know, whether it's furloughs or lack of pay or whether it's going to be a, a losing a job. All of those are added factors. And then being in a confined space with our loved ones can sometimes be both as comforting and challenging, depending on... You know, right. Right. <laughs> and, you know, and, uh, you know, so besides the the physical limitation of the space, also be aware that, you know, you can always walk outside and do the basic physicals, go to bed on time. Don't forget the basics. You know, don't forget your water intake. Don't indulge in, you know, excessive because, you know, people will indulge in alcohol and all that when they are stressed. And all of that will affect your immune system. So I think the basics have to be followed, you know, in terms of your diet, sleep patterns, water intake, alcohol intake. I'm not saying that stop, but at the same time, just be conscious of what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. What's your take on meditation and exercise at this, at this time, especially at this time? I strongly advocate meditation because that's one way of centering yourself. And, you know, right. that not only affects your waves and, you know, your different waveforms in your brain, but also have your sleep pattern. It helps you energize. It helps calm down the adrenals. Uh, exercise will obviously give you a more serotonin kick and, uh, your, you know, all your happy hormones will kick in as well. And you feel good about it. But obviously, be guarded. Obviously, we can't be doing things in a gym setting, but you can do things Correct. on the other side. So, you know, walks or some even simple exercise at home can be very, very beneficial. And I'd like to touch up on, I know, Dr. Gaidas, me and you have had conversations about this in the past, is the situation, as we've discussed, has never been like this. And quite unfortunate, like you're saying, you know, maybe from the virus and even more so from the economic point of view, a lot of people have been furloughed, lost their jobs. And you know, unfortunately, a lot of people have also died because of this. But also at the same time, I think whenever we get caught up in this and we don't realize that there is still something to be grateful for. Like if you have a roof over your head, you should be grateful for that. If you're able to get food in your stomach whenever you want it and need it, you should be grateful for that. You have clean running water. How much of a role does gratitude play in your daily life? And do you assign it as a ritual or a habit to your patients? Yeah, in fact, uh, we uh, encourage that very strongly. and. Mm -hmm. uh, I have to thank Anita, my wife. Actually, last year, as part of uh, gratitude towards our patients, we were distributing gratitude journals towards the end of the year. That's beautiful. And, and we've continued that for all our patients. So to me, journaling every day in a gratitude journal and just being conscious and being thankful for whatever we have today. Today is the only day we have. Yesterday was uh, an experience. Tomorrow is just, a, 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 you know, it's still something we can look forward to. But we have to live in the now. Now we have to be 
is where we have to be conscious and now is where we have to take action. So living a conscious life with gratitude and being thankful for even, you know, I mean, to me, when you think about it, the most challenging thing for a COVID patient today is what? Taking a breath. Mm-hmm. Oxygen, yeah. Yeah, and oxygen is life. So, I mean, now, you know, we, did, we, are, we are getting uh, the, the most serious condition that affects most people is lack of oxygen, right? And right. Whether, whether it's a drowning patient or a patient with COVID who's going to be on a ventilator. And then the, the other thing is that they're not allowed to see their loved ones in the end. And then they're dying of hypoxemia because the body is not able to deliver oxygen. That, to me, is the biggest threat facing our COVID population, but also the fear of that. So, you know, the, the, uh, the, the deprivation and so focusing on your breath. And it's interesting that they've also found that those who are severely ill with the COVID, what they're doing is they're putting them in a prone position. Right. So I read that, yeah. Yeah, so the secretions are. So what it is, it's we have to think differently with this whole COVID experience. You know, think about how, how, you know, we have never been in gratitude about the air we breathe, but now every breath is so, con- we have to be conscious about that. Mm. It's bringing a new realization, you know, not only in terms of the air quality in China and India, which has improved dramatically, but also the basic breath that we're taking every day, you know, just be conscious about it. Such a nice reminder that a lot of us lo- overlook sometimes. I mean, just the ability to just take a deep breath. And think nothing of it. I mean, it's it's so amazing and beautiful. Dr. Kalidas, this has been such a beautiful conversation. I, mean, I think we could continue for hours. It's kind of near the end where I'd like to give you the opportunity to talk about your clinic, you know, where people can learn more about you and your clinic and the services you offer there. But also I have a rapid fire round that's always fun. But before we get to that, is there anything else that you'd like to leave of value for the community and the audience? Because my focus is mainly on chronic illnesses such as chronic fatigue, chronic abdominal issues, hormones, fibromyalgia, chronic Lyme viruses, etc., or chronic biotoxin illness. Don't get stuck with a particular diagnosis. Mm. Expand your possibilities to multiple things because it's a system failure based on mitochondrial injury, decay, degeneration, based on multiple loads or assaults. That's the way I think about it. Also focus towards your genetics because I've seen patients who've been treated for chronic, uh, you know, chronic illnesses for a long time. And what I find is that there might be something intrinsic going on with the KPU or the genetics that makes that treatment more difficult or inappropriate based on what the choices were by some physicians out there. Be cognizant of all those foundational work before you get into just into a single arena where, okay, I've been treated for Lyme for five years or I've had candida for 10 years. No, take a step back and look at your chronic condition as a multitude of things rather than a single thing. That is to me my take home based on doing this work for 20 years in the integrative arena and 11 years in the traditional arena. So there is hope and healing if you approach it from a slightly different perspective. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Kalidas. And how can people learn more about you? And, and I'm sure you're, you're offering teleconsults for anybody that's interested, but how can people find out more about you guys? Yeah, sure. You can visit our website, you know, at www.drkalidas.com. We are based in Central Florida, in Orlando, we're close to Universal Studios. We have presence on Facebook, on the internet. You know, we do show up strongly on searches in the Central Florida. If you put in Dr. Kalidas, it'll link us to our office. 
Dr. Kalidas, uh, and it will. We are also proud to have Dr. Amar Kalidas. He's our son. He's a DO, and he's been in practice with us for seven years. We do also have, have Anita. She's a, a pharmacist, also certified clinical nutritionist, and she provides some of the uh, support towards nutritional needs. Also, we have a very strong IV team. We do all of the diagnostics as well to a great extent. In the IV department, we do provide uh, services, everything from typical Myers through to high-dose vitamin C, traditional nutritional support, immune IVs. We also provide intravenous ozone support, autohemotherapy. We do prolozone therapy. One of the unique treatments we provide is something called iTherm or iWave, which is localized heat therapy for treatments. And the newer arena we are entering is also the, the whole exciting world of peptides. So I'm using mm. peptides as part of the adjunctive therapy. That is a discussion in its own, which I'd like to share with in the future as well. The breadth of work we do is uh, very extensive. We do prefer patients from the age of, of three and five and above. And uh, we do some work with ointment with pandas, pans, and the autoimmune issues, chronic Lyme, chronic viruses, and chronic GI issues as well as hormones. Um, and again, to me, it's a platform for the chronically ill. But also cancer work, we do some support in that area as well with high doses of vitamin C, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to drop information, uh, everybody, in the show notes. You will link to their Dr. Kalidas's website, their social feeds, and, and everything. So you'll have information there as well. I can't let you get away so easy. I have a rapid round at the end. It's always interesting to get to know the guest from a different point of view. And, you know, so... If, you, if you'd like, you can take your professional hat off, relax a little bit, and we'll get into some fun questions now. Thanks for the opportunity. I truly enjoyed it, and I said it was good to connect again. As I said, to me, it's, uh, the connect, uh, connection that started in the Yellow Pages is going on, on now on the Wi-Fis and the webs and all that. It's amazing yes. trans the transformation we've seen in, the, in this last 20-odd years. Absolutely. Yeah. So my first question for you is, what is a book that you have read? that you would love to pass on to your children and their grandchildren? From a medical side, you know, because I read more medical books than anything else, I think the, the, the one that I've been reading more recently would be Michael Greger's book, How Not to Die. I think he summarized it from the research-based standpoint as well, the most well-researched. You know, there's some areas where I don't, I don't think it goes into the integrative side, but if you want to read a book which is well-researched, uh, it's one of the best books out there because I feel that he's done his homework from the medical side. And then he's got a second book out, How Not to Diet, you know, we, because in America that's a big one. So I think those two books. From a cancer one, I would definitely say How to Starve, How, How to Starve Cancer by uh, Jane. Um, she's a British author. So those are the three books that I've, I've been reading more recently. I think How Not to Die is a, is, is a must-read for most people out there. Mm -hmm. I'm going to check that one out. Thank you. What is the one quote you live your life by on a daily basis? Don't postpone joy. You know, joy is in the now. You know, because I we always it. think, yeah, you know, we think that, okay, well, when time comes, you know, I'll enjoy my retirement or I'll enjoy my money or enjoy my vacation. You know, to me, every day is a blessed day with that special breath that we have. So enjoy each day. What are the three things you're grateful for? I'm grateful for my family. Mm -hmm. I'm also grateful for my uh, patients trusting me. And I'm grateful that I've been blessed with so much in America, personally oh, and professionally. 
Yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Favorite vacation spot? Well, can I stay, mention two places? <laughs> okay. Of course. All right. right. Oh, I, I think Positano, Italy, and then Cape Town, South Africa. Those are absolutely beautiful spots. And I got a special one for you. You're in the you're in the land of Disney. Favorite Disney movie and Disney character? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I prefer Toy Story. <laughs> uh, okay. okay. And you know that'll go. That'll go. So favorite. Yeah, and to me the reason is I think it's part of an epic, but also the whole thing about you know what children go through and what we go through in life. And I think when you look at children, it really reflects life because they live in the moment, they live in now, and how they get caught up with all the little toys and how they live with it. So we do get caught up with our own toys. You know, the only thing the toys change, but as we get older, but I think that's a to me that's the most touching toy story. Dr. Kalidas, thank you once again for your time, for blessing us with your knowledge and just dropping a lot of value. I think there's so much takeaway there. And I have such a deeper respect and admiration for what you guys and the whole team does at the clinic and how you guys look at the individual. So I'm super excited that for the community to hear this and to absorb it. Thank you so much. Thank you again, Gunin. Again, uh, thank you for doing what you do, uh, both professionally, personally, and how you've uh, helped me and your whole family has helped me in my life. You know, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, from our family to yours, for the great work you're doing in making thank the knowledge, uh, knowledge available out there and making a difference. And for your both your dad and your uncles, how they supported me in my career and for your family support, I'll, I'm truly indebted for the rest of my life. So thank you very much for the opportunity today. Thank, thank you, you so much. And thank you to everybody for tuning in and, and always showing us the love. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Balance Being Podcast. Stay well and wishing you the best of health. We hope this episode helped make your life simple. It would mean the absolute world to us. If you share, subscribe, and let others know about the work we do here, thank you. And join us next week on the Balanced Being Podcast with Guni Sodi.